This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. Broadcast recently had a hangout with Mikhail Fulner, who was leading a church in Yalova in Turkey. And Mikhail was talking about social action in a cross-cultural context, particularly outlining some of the work that he's doing with refugees who've come into his country. You can find the full notes on everything that Mikhail said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 116. So here's the hangout with Mikhail. Thank you, Hannah, and uh, hello to everyone who's listening now and later. Thank you for the introduction. Yes, I uh, like to start uh, in 1993, back in Germany. I was uh, a believer for two years. Um, God called me in a prayer meeting uh, to go into a refugee camp uh, in Germany and asked me to share his love there. Uh, that is how I heard it. Uh, I was um, on the one hand excited because there came also uh, God's faith uh, for this mission with it. But later when I had to go there and start uh, showing God's love there, I didn't know what to do and how to do it. And it, it was really scary. Um, I, it took me months uh, to make some actions and I felt more and more um, a bad conscience, uh, not obeying God. Then I asked for help. And uh, with the help of a team, I finally went there. And the people who looked quite fierce and didn't smile and, yeah, uh, looked not very welcoming in the beginning. That was also why I felt it's, yeah, I didn't know how to start and had lots of questions whether they like me, uh, are fed up uh, by Germans or whether they understand me. Uh, as soon as they understood that I'm there to visit them, uh, these faces started to smile. And uh, although I went there uh, and thought I'm the one who's going to give something, uh, I was the one who received uh, lots of love, um, lots of hospitality in a way I never met before. Uh, soon they they would uh, bring a blanket and they laid laid it on top of a old sofa uh, and kind of I became the the guest of honor. Um, every family wanted to invite me into their homes and uh, cook for us. And yeah, they were kind of in a competition uh, to whom would I go? And like I said, uh, we were the blessed. We um, were so well treated and so honored in a way I haven't uh, been honored in Germany my life before. 
I made a lot of mistakes um, as well because cross-cultural things are really, really different to uh, to the way I I was used to. First, for example, I was offered uh, a mocha, uh, these little uh, strong coffees in these little glasses. Uh, it was my first one, and I didn't know that you should stop um, right after the middle because there is the settlement in it. So I, I drank everything, and then I, I thought I had a, a bee in my mouth and spit things out again. So this was a funny uh, start to my cross-cultural mission. Um, then also with food, we in Germany thought or it is it would be rude, it would be impolite to leave something on the plate. So we were always finishing our plates. Uh, in the in the Eastern culture, it's a sign that we are not uh, full yet. And so they were loading our plates again and again. And then we again thought we should empty them. So we, we gained a lot of weight and we um, probably ate always too much. Also, I remember that one time, uh, my, at this time, co-worker, now my wife, Heike, uh, one family we loved so much, said, uh, or the lady said she doesn't want uh, us to come back to their house. And we were totally shocked. We didn't know why. Um, later, we found out she felt that by uh, Heike smiling in a very innocent way, to her husband, this is kind of a, this was an uh, invitation. So we had to learn a lot of uh, things, um, but we, we started to have deep friendships and we, it was not a, um, a program we were doing. Uh, we saw the people and we loved the people. And because of this love, they forgave us all of our mistakes. And, um, we started to learn different languages, um, uh, the culture, the customs. We we asked about the history. Yeah, we were interested, and that uh, really, really is is important. Is key to really see the person and to really have an interest. It's not not a program you are just doing. Uh, you need so the the person you want to serve is in the center, and then. Uh, you can ask so many questions and, and with this interest, you are showing them, uh, you, sh you, you honoring them and this opens, uh, yeah, their hearts. And still, uh, from this time uh, on, we have, uh, great, uh, friendships. So this was 25 years ago. In 99, there happened the big earthquake in West Turkey and, Again, I thought, what can I do? But uh, by the invitation of uh, people I knew, uh, I found myself later in the earthquake area building schools and earthquake-resistant buildings, although my education was in banking, not in building. Uh, but I learned that as well. And um, that was also a kind of a social action uh, helping in an earthquake zone, not just with buildings, but also with friendships, with uh, communication, with um, uh, comforting. And um, yeah, that was a good start for us in Turkey. Uh, since 2011, 
uh, our province is receiving refugees. And uh, these refugees mainly uh, are coming from Iran, from Iraq, Afghanistan, and Syria. Uh, there are some other uh, countries as well, but uh, these are the main countries, and especially after the Syrian war, uh, most of them are Syrian. And uh, first, uh, two Iranian families popped up in our Turkish uh, Sunday meeting, and first we thought they are Turkish, then when we spoke to them, we found out, oh no, they are not Turkish. And uh, yeah, they left Iran because they were uh, persecuted because of their faith. And um, yeah, uh, the first refugees, they were just integrated in our Turkish meetings. They also wanted to learn Turkish. And um, But later, these groups uh, be, started to grow and grow. Now we have over 200 Iranian refugees on a Sunday and 100 uh, Iraqi and Syrian refugees. And, and we have three meetings in three different languages, Turkish, Farsi, and Arabic. And um, the church became a spiritual family. They left, left, uh, they left their home, they left their families, they came here with nothing, and um, we really care about them uh, in any aspect. We try to find work, we try to find housing, we uh, provide translation, uh, going to the doctors, to the uh, hospitals. Um, and first, uh, mainly me, my wife, uh, some Turkish uh, believers were doing this. Uh, but soon we, we trained refugees to serve uh, refugees. Um, one of our um, social actions were giving food packages uh, because really most people, they don't have enough to live and uh, food um, is uh, what Jesus also said, you give them to eat. And yeah, this is what we did. At the beginning, uh, we were not... Um, sourced uh, for this, but we we felt we should just do it because it's the right thing to do, uh, to help people that don't have enough to eat. And while we were doing it, um, God provided uh, the necessary funds and this food package program that started with 17 families in the beginning uh, and me uh, buying stuff um, and packing stuff and distributing stuff to the uh, refugees. Soon I was replaced by an Iraqi uh, refugee um, and he was organizing all of this. And soon these numbers were up to 200 families per month. Uh, with this social action, uh, helping refugees, uh, the church that was before a small Turkish congregation and kind of not really uh, visible in the in the city became now visible uh, as also the numbers of the refugees grew and also what we did uh, became more obvious and 
it was a very good reputation for us. Uh, so good that Muslim friends of mine, they are real estate agents, uh, they called me once into their office and said, we heard that uh, in the church you do something like tithing. Uh, we also would like to tithe and we want to uh, want you to give this for your help to the refugees. And I thought this was amazing that Muslims tithe into a church uh, because they they love what we are doing. Another uh, point is what, what really speaks louder, louder than uh, a preach is the idea one new man in Christ. Uh, in our church, we have Iranians and Iraqis um, praying with each other and uh, loving each other, worshiping together. Um, they have been former enemies. And in, in one uh, Easter meeting, we had even the testimony that an Iraqi and an Iranian that remember each, they remembered each other from the wartime. You know, there was an, a war for eight years, so bloody, many people died for nothing um, between Iran and Iraq. Uh, Khomeini against Saddam Hussein. Uh, they remembered them from the wartime and they were standing uh, across each other with guns. But uh, now they were uh, united in worship for Jesus. And uh, this unity uh, we have with each other is something uh, politicians can't do. They just can't talk about it. But uh, this is visible and uh, experienceable in our church. Uh, also, uh, one time we said, let's invite the Iraqi refugees. I thought maybe uh, 20, 30, maybe 50 will come. But uh, 180 people came to our uh, church. And then we asked them what their needs are. And they had different uh, yeah, they mentioned different things like we want to learn English, we need food, we uh, we also want uh, spiritual food, and um, yeah, there were uh, different wishes mentioned, and then I I had to answer that, and I I came to the point where I heard myself saying I had not planned to say this. Uh, we ca maybe can't meet all of your needs, but we care about you because God cares about you. And I thought while I said this, oh yeah, this is exactly how it is. Um, we care about people because God cares about them. And then we, we started to care and out of this uh, speech, really a, a very big and constantly growing social activity started. And um, today, a team of refugees is visiting uh, three times a week, um, or they go three, three times a week, but visit once a month uh, 200 Syrian refugee families. 
and they have uh, lists with their numbers, with their names, with their history, with what has been done and what they need, and they coordinate it really well. And uh, in winter, we hand out stoves uh, and uh, heating material, blankets, mattresses, uh, medicine. Um, when the school starts, we provide uh, uh, books and um, yeah, a whole a school kit, uh, including the, the, the backpack and, and everything. Um, and this is uh, amazing to see that uh, refugees serve refugees. Uh, the leader of this is a young Kurdish from Syria uh, who speaks Kurdish, who speaks Arabic, who speaks English and Turkish. And uh, he, he knows exactly what, he, what he's doing. He has a heart for his people and he is leading the team and, and, and uh, is dealing with these people in a wonderful way. So uh, what I'm uh, really happy about that our ministry is led by indigenous leaders and by this we, we honor them, by this we um, show them you are not a refugee here but you are a, a kingdom worker and uh, people who have been nominal Christians in Iraq, for example, they become here born-again Christians and they, uh, they become missionaries, kingdom workers. And that is uh, so wonderful to see by helping other refugees. So uh, there's always a refugee that is in a, uh, wor uh, in a worse case than yourself. And to see... Uh, them helping each other, it's just wonderful. Uh, a sister from our church has started a project called the Barricade Project, what means kind of the, the blessing project, which is empowering refugees and emboldening women. It's especially for women, uh, 50 women mixed Syrian, Iranian, Iraqis, uh, Afghanis, uh, women come together and they uh, produce uh, some items by knitting, by s uh, with a sewing machine, and, and different things that are then uh, sold. Uh, some of this in, in Turkey, but mainly uh, in the UK. Uh, you can look up the web page. It's bariketproject.com uh, and. By selling this stuff, uh, these ladies, they receive an income and can contribute to the uh, expenses of the family, what is giving them uh, an honor and um, a status, and they, they do something good with their time. They see we can do something, because actually refugees are not allowed officially to work in Turkey. So by this, we create something for them. And then we have other projects, um, agricultural projects, uh, where we can employ refugees. So we are growing plants, and uh, this is also done by refugees. The, the latest project, we are at the moment developing it, and uh, our aim is to start in 
September is a school for refugee children. Um, the refugees that come to us are anyway uh, expecting that maybe after five to six years they move on to another country um, sent by the UN. And uh, these are usually English-speaking countries, so uh, they need English and uh, the, the school language will be in English. And then there's another issue that uh, some of the or some countries are not treated well, and especially when they find out that they are Christians, then they can be mobbed and uh, discriminated in, in Turkish schools. So um, some of the parents are afraid. Also, there is the, the necessity of uh, having religious uh, studies. Uh, so. This is scary for some parents, and they are not sending their children to school. And then uh, some who are here for, for many years, they don't know how to read and how to write. So uh, in order to help with this, we are right now uh, a team of uh, Iranians, Iraqis, uh, English, uh, Korean, and German uh, who develop uh, this school, and we... Um, are planning this right now for 60 students. This is also uh, part of our uh, social action. It is uh, important uh, to be a learner, uh, to stay learning things you uh, think are normal and are the right, the right way to deal with things. Uh, you soon find out that other cultures are doing things different. And like I said, there is lots to learn. Uh, we as Westerners, and we want to serve Eastern people. It is really good to have a humble attitude and we go in there uh, no, not thinking we know everything, but that we ask many questions and try to find out how they are doing it, why they are doing it like this, and uh, constantly asking their advice about uh, how to say it, how to do it. Uh, by this, you really honor them, uh, and you win their trust, and uh, things turn out really good. Anyway, I love the cooperation between Westerners and Easterners. Uh, it is better. Uh, this mix is actually the most effective mix, uh, having just Westerners is not really working well. Having just Easterners is also not working really well. But the mix, when it's um, done in um, the mutual uh, appreciation and respect, uh, can be such a powerful thing. So um, we have seen really, really good outcome. We have heard uh, hard breaking stories um, and uh, we, we, we wept over the testimonies of, of many that maybe when they said goodbye uh, and uh, when they left us moving on to another country uh, how the church and the help they received through the church how that changed their life uh, and how grateful they are 
and and uh, that through also this practical help, many uh, came to know Jesus. That is uh, just fantastic and humbling, and uh, reminds us why we are doing this uh, this stuff, all for the glory of Jesus, and that uh, people really get a taste of the love of God because his heart is for the refugees, his heart is for the, the outsiders, for the unprivileged, for the poor. And we, we stopped uh, counting, but um, roughly when I add things together over these last years, we have seen um, hundreds coming to faith and six to 700 people being baptized, uh, some former Muslims, uh, some uh, nominal Christians that, that got to know Jesus um, and his life here in our church. So uh, helping, uh, carrying, uh, carrying the burden of a brother, of, of poor people, uh, is an um, an essential part of our church and this is I think uh, uh, a big blessing for us as we bless others we see God is blessing us uh, we, we, we also um, raise indigenous leaders that plant then other churches in Turkey refugee churches uh, where we also uh, extend our help program to them. Uh, we are speaking now, uh, right now, about four new churches, and one are in the far east, 2,000 kilometers away from us, but where people look to us. And uh, I just heard from our Iraqi pastor that our Sunday services that are um, trans or broadcast uh, live stream is reaching. Uh, every Sunday, 7,000 people or 7,000 people are watching it. Um, many in Turkey uh, who are also then contacting us, and uh, but also in other countries. Um, by helping the poor, God established uh, his church here in, in Yalova in Turkey. And... Um, the people see what we are doing, and this gives a lot of credibility to the name of the church and to Jesus. Our question, we have been asked, what is our main focus, church planting or social action? Obviously, God has shown through your church that both can be done. But what have been the challenges in balancing the two? And can you give some advice on how you have done it? You are, that's for starters. Yeah. Um, uh, hi, Shadow or Alexis. I don't know from who this question came. Okay. Um, we started yeah, with the earthquake relief. What gave us, um, uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of friends uh, because starting a church in Turkey is actually, especially at the time when, when we came, um, 
good reason to be kicked out. And uh, we had also a lot of opposition uh, in the town when it uh, became clear uh, what we are doing. So uh, having had the social action before um, and really standing along uh, with the people of the land in the biggest time of need uh, was very helpful uh, to give us uh, influential friends that later, uh, when people tried to kick us out, stood up for us and, um, yeah, saved us. Uh, yeah. I guess this was all planned by God. But uh, he used people in the country, uh, Turkish people, Muslims, to speak up for us and protect us. Then uh, we focused mainly on the church. And then when the church was kind of established, then uh, the, the pendle swung again uh, more to social action. So it was um, you know, like walking. You, you are not standing uh, always on two feet uh, in the same way uh, you can, but then you are not moving forward. In order to move forward, you, you put weight uh, once on the uh, left and then on the right foot. And I think it was like, like this. Sometimes it was more the church we were focusing on, and then it was, again, more the, the social action. And, um, yes, there are enough challenges. Um, uh, sometimes you want to do something, and then you, you don't have enough um, resources. But we have learned that we don't ask uh, whether we have enough money to do, to do something or to start something, we have learned that we just start and trust God that he comes up with the necessary resources. And this uh, always worked. God loves to uh, pour in to a work that is um, yeah, giving itself um, generously uh, out again, so there won't be any shortcut, a short shortage uh, in this. We never uh, saw this. Uh, we were really, really blessed, and I, I think it really works well together. Uh, the Church of Jesus is a church that um, is involved in with the poor, with the uh, underprivileged. Uh, with the outsiders, that, that is the DNA of the Church of Christ. So um, I never thought that there is a, a conflict or we have to sort things out. It, it just works so good together. And uh, this also um, spurs on uh, people's faith. They Now they, they can... Um, uh, bring bring in what they learned and use their new, use their knowledge and and their faith in action. If it's just for Sunday, it is uh, it becomes dull. And yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, that's a, a really good start and um, and hopefully incredibly helpful. I mean, you've obviously been in a context or you obviously are in a context where there are just uh, probably overwhelming needs in every direction. How have you determined 
what to start with, what needs to meet first? Or has that just been very much the leading of God? Like, yeah, so so what's that look like in determining what to do first? Um, yeah, if you can answer that, that'd be great. Um, yeah, we, we thought that food is the best thing to start with because everyone needs it. Um, and this is, uh, is the basic uh, things we need uh, for life. Um, so instead of uh, giving other stuff or um, because also there's the other uh, challenge that uh, of jealousy, um, when you give out stuff, then others would say, yeah, give this to me as well. And um, we, we, we needed to do something that we can do on a, on a broader scale uh, where we avoid jealousy. And yeah, we, with our limited resources, we, we have to go for the, for the basics. And, um, but this doesn't mean that we, we, didn't, we haven't helped in a different way as well. Um, but we started with food. Yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. And you spoke about the fact that um, you started by supporting 17 families and then that grew um, to, I think it was over 200 families a month you were then yeah. giving the food packages to, was obviously where you, you kind of sp spoke about beginning things. Um, and, and you've also spoken about people stepping up to kind of take that lead role and, and obviously people, indigenous people. Um, how have they, have you purposefully recruited and looked for people to be able to step in and lead stuff? Have, have people just volunteered themselves? Have you had to recruit people? How have people kind of come from within um, to take on board various aspects of, of, of what you're doing? Yeah, I, I think the first uh, I recruited, um, he was a man uh, not very healthy, uh, had himself lots of financial needs. And we said, okay, if you do this, don't see it as a salary, but if you organize these things, uh, then we could give you kind of a thank you. Uh, this helps you. And uh, yeah, I got to know him. He was also active uh, in, the, in the church, uh, teaching the word of God. So he, he was a trustworthy guy and he was respected in his community. So uh, I recruited him for that. Um, and he loved it, and he did it excellently. And uh, later, of course, I always sh shared the values. Um, I shared the principles. I gave some guidelines. Uh, I wanted to be um, followed. But then, uh, while when we uh, were uh, appointing indigenous leaders for the different groups, uh, they also... Uh, then appointed their uh, help fund managers um, and trained them. Uh, and now I'm, hmm, yeah, actually this it runs now by itself. I don't have to do much. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, 
thank you. Um, just thinking about, I mean, obviously, I am massive in terms of love for God's heart for the poor. And um, you spoke about the, the, you know, not having to ask God for money and, and, and weigh that up at the beginning. It's more the step of faith and trusting that in this journey of whatever it is you're stepping out to do, that God will come up with the resources. Um, do you have support in terms of um, from from other churches or even other countries that are uh, churches and other you know what's your network look like of people who are beyond you know your local um, place that are people that are, are bought into this are supporting you whether financially or in prayer of have you got a good network what does that look like yeah I'm a I'm a quite good in networking and I guess after I started um, to hand out food packages, uh, I wrote this in my newsletter. So some people uh, picked up on that, especially my home church. And since years, uh, they organize a uh, Christmas project uh, f to support our work with the refugees. And um, yeah, they, they print uh, brochures uh, hand it out to the church members and they uh, give it to people where they think uh, they may be interested in. And that is a, a big uh, income for us. But then also uh, David Devenish, he wanted me to share once at a prayer and fasting uh, in England. He said, I think people should know this and they yeah. should, go to, should go behind that. And then... Um, uh, some people came to us and said, we like this. We have also a heart for social action in our uh, area. And this, this uh, resonates with us. Yeah. And then they visited us with a team and uh, a very good and strong friendship developed since then with a New Frontiers Church. Um, and um, uh, they are very faithful in supporting us. Um, and then, yeah, many, many others. Now also Voice of Martyrs is a big uh, American donor organization. They, they, they care about uh, the persecuted church. Uh, they got behind us. Um, a, a church from Canada came to Turkey. Then they didn't know what to do. They heard about us uh, spontaneously. They came to us and uh, a wonderful relationship Develop. They love what we do with uh, with refugees, and they are now also uh, partners in this. Super. Yeah, yeah. So it, uh, some things, of course, we try to do with strategic fundraising. That is one yeah. thing, but then also really God sending us uh, people that uh, that love this and and uh, visit us, see what we are doing, and and get behind us. Absolutely wonderful. I love the fact that people are owning it on a kind of global, your links in around the world. I think that's um, certainly how it should be. You mentioned the project that the ladies um, were involved in and you I, you said a, a kind of a website, but I, I tried to write it down. Is it the delicateproject.com? No, it's the Bereketh, uh, B-E-R-E-K-E-T project. Uh, one word dot com. 
Brilliant. Okay, that's really helpful because I imagine people will want to be looking that up. And um, yeah. so uh, um, the, another question that's coming is how did you work through people coming to the church or believers in the church feeling entitled and demanding that the church has to look after them? You spoke a bit about that a minute ago. How have you handled that? Um. We we talk about it. Um, anyway, people benefit. Uh, many people benefit from uh, the help we we give to refugees. So the Iranians have their own health committee. The Iraqis have their own health committee. The Syrians have their own health committee, and um, people know about it. They know um, that we are approachable. So, and then uh, some people, maybe called by God, uh, stirred up by God, they say, yeah, I, I don't want to be just a receiver. I want to be involved in blessing others. And then they come to us and um, want to help. Or when, it's, when we need translators, then we go to people and say, uh, you have good uh, English. Can, can you help us with translating? especially for the Barricade project. Um, the lady who runs it needs a translator. Um, and then people got involved like this. Or sometimes we ask, oh, there, there are people living uh, in very, very bad conditions. Um, we want to uh, put in a new window or we want to fix the door or we want to, there's mold we have to, redo the interior um, plastering or whatever. Uh, and then uh, people with these skills in the church, they volunteer and say, I can do this, I can do this. Um, now, now, the question was a little bit about um, people, that, that sense of entitlement that people come with as well. If they know that you are a church of action and a church that are willing to meet needs and help, do, have you had difficulties with people coming with almost very high expectations or this sense of you, you know, I come to you, you will give me a handout, you will help me. And how you that that's a little bit in the question there, how you've handled yes. it when people. Yeah. Do you want to just comment a little bit on that? Sorry. Yes, you are absolutely right. I misunderstood the question. Uh yeah, uh, we have seen that when we hand out something, uh, that even people who don't really need it, that they also think they should get something because they are part of the church. Yeah. Um, yes, then it's, it's very important that the, the leaders uh, of this group are talking about these things and uh, try to help these people to understand that it's that there is no entitlement um, uh, but that we really want to to share and and uh, the the one who have they should give to the one who don't have yeah. and not just uh, I'm part of this church I should uh, get the same as the others uh, that we, we face now and then. And especially with the Syrian refugees, 
<laughs> yes, uh, there we also have uh, faced this kind of uh, feeling of entitlement. Um, I'm a refugee, you should give me. And then I'm so glad that we have um, these indigenous leaders that know exactly how to deal with those um, expectations and uh, also with sometimes with the rude way of presenting this uh, in a, in a uh, graceful way, but clear way and, and educating these people. Of course, yeah. may, some uh, may not like it and then they may say, okay, then I, I'm not interested in the relationship anymore. This we also have seen, but uh, these are um, some um, exceptions. Yeah, no, okay, that, that's very, uh, very helpful. Thank you. Um, a bit of a broader question, really, um, that's come in. Do, do you think that social action should be something that we um, think and pray about in advance? Um, or is it mainly just a case of meeting the needs that are before you? So you, you saw a need or you felt God speak to you about going to the refugee camp. Uh, right back at the beginning but equally you're going these people are hungry we need to feed them so um yeah what are your thoughts on that um of course it's it's good it's always good to pray and uh, who knows uh, whether god uh, will speak and answer a prayer and give direction um but uh, for me it was really um, more um I am facing a need, and then I I start to react. Yeah. It, it wasn't uh, something I was thinking beforehand. Yeah. It was really um, being confronted with this need, and then uh, feeling the responsibility to do something about it. Yeah. Um, and in terms of um, praying about about what God wants you to do and what your response should be. Um, what does prayer look like? Because clearly, you know, I can imagine just with um, not just the need, but the wisdom required in order to oversee and facilitate all this work. Um, what does that look like for you um, as a church or you individually? What, what does your prayer, because the, the, the spiritual battle and being on the front lines like that, what does that look like for you? Um yeah, can you comment on that for us? Uh, our prayers uh, mainly go towards the church um, um, and seeing our church um, becoming uh, more one, uh, deeper rooted in the love of God and in the understanding of God. Uh, we mainly pray uh, for these things. But then uh, when we, we meet people and we have a name, we have a face, and we see there is a special need where only God can help, then of course we, we pray for, uh, for these things as well. We pray for um, finances, but we, uh, we also pray that our church in general becomes this light becomes yeah. the salt um, uh, because we we are not just thinking about social action and, and helping the poor. We really want to see 
the um, society being transformed yes. and uh, really the kingdom coming and taking a hold of 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 all areas and this is just one um, yes. yeah yeah so if 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 you were going to name three main needs that you would like people to pray for um what, what would they be? I mean we mentioned being a, a a light set on a hill there um the kingdom of god coming what 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 else would you add in terms of top things that we can pray for you for or anyone that's listened to this um recording um yeah the refugees themselves they are going through a very very tough uh yeah time in their lives and it is a lot of uncertainty um when we started uh, with serving refugees the average uh time people would stay in turkey and wait uh, to move on to another country where they would be granted a passport and uh, all the rights of a citizen uh was between uh, two to three years now it's uh, five to six uh, so these people uh, they go they are waiting and waiting they are um, often frustrated and they have to battle uh, for their faith to be in faith um, to to have patience to not to lose faith uh, and use the time uh, well so one uh, prayer would be for the refugees themselves that they uh, yeah they need all encouragement yeah and um they they are they are thirsty for for god to give them life and and uh, patience and uh, endurance it's really difficult yes uh the other thing is um because we do this uh, church based the church is is everything and uh, i am affected if we have trouble in the church so uh, the the enemy is always attacking relationships that's the same uh, everywhere else of course mm-hmm. but please pray that uh, our leadership stays uh, united uh, that we grow in love for each other that we um, that we create this uh, heavenly atmosphere the, these heavenly and biblical values in our church that uh, make us strong that we are not losing energy with unnecessary uh, problem solving and stuff like this and then uh, the third prayer i know that many people are watching meaning uh, turkish people watching what we are doing Yes. And uh we have 200 Iranians in our church and you you share the gospel once with an Iranian uh he he wants to become a believer uh and then two weeks later he's baptized. So it goes really fast there is the the hand of God the grace of God on on the Iranian nation. 
uh, at the moment. But we can't say the same thing about uh, Turkish people. It is so uh, difficult to reach people with the gospel. Uh, and I, my prayer is that um, that the ones who are still watching and uh, are afraid maybe to to do more, to come to the church, to, to be seen with us, that these fears will go away and that people would, yeah, uh, get to know Jesus. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, really brilliant. I'm making a list of that myself. Is there people that have listened to this and thinking, I want to pray for you guys, but also I want to get involved, or we've got people in our churches that we're thinking, man, could, could they get involved in this project more than just pray, or what would that look like? Yes, um, for example, a friend of mine uh, has set up a funding um, uh, link uh, gofundme.com supporting refugees in Turkey uh, would be the, the name of it and uh, if you see my name popping up there then you know it's the right thing hmm. uh, so if people want to give they can give yeah. and uh, by connecting with Andy Martin uh, who is based in Birmingham, uh, yeah. uh, they can speak about uh, is, uh, and, and talk uh, with him about how is, it, is there a possibility to, to serve there, to go there. So we are definitely open for people uh, who feel uh, called by God long term to serve among refugees or in Turkey. So uh, we are happy to get in contact with them. Brilliant. Really, really brilliant. And and finally, Mikhail, if you had to just even give us some bullet points in terms of what your hopes and your dreams are for the next few years for Yelova Church and the work that you're doing there, what, what would you say? Um, based on two prophecies I received, one uh, I received uh, still back in Germany. Uh, this time we thought we, we will move to northern Iraq and serve there. Uh, and when people prayed for us in the church, uh, a man I didn't know came to me and said, I'm sorry, I don't think you will go to northern Iraq. I saw a map of Turkey where you were going around and lighting uh, fires in different places. So... Uh, we would like to see many more churches planted uh, through our church in Turkey. Um, this has started already, uh, and this and we are we want to really see this happening more and more. Another prophecy uh, was given to us by Simon Holly, uh, who uh, spoke to us at a team uh, retreat, leaders yeah. retreat uh, in Yalova. And when, while we were worshiping, we were standing in a half circle and one was playing the guitar. He was reminded of the Turkish flag with the star and the crescent. And then he said that he saw that the crescent changed uh, into a sichel. And then he felt God speaking to him, saying that if these leaders, these elders, these uh, indigenous leaders from Iraq, from Iran, from Turkey, from yeah, Syria, when they 
stand together and uh, in love and support each other and, and, and really stay together. God will use this church, our church, as a sichel to bring in the harvest of the Middle East. And this is uh, why I'm still there and why I still think uh, God has more for us to do. We want to bring in the harvest of the Middle East. We have people sent from our church into Syria who are church planting there. We work uh, into Iran, bringing people out, uh, supporting them, coaching them over Skype. Uh, I myself, uh, I'm traveling at least once a year to northern Iraq, and uh, we are supporting uh, church work there. So in these four countries, Turkey, Iran, Iraq, Syria, this is what God has put on my heart, on the heart of the church, and we like to be, we want to be in, involved in bringing in, bringing in a big harvest for our king. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And just a reminder, you can find the full notes and everything that Mikhail said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org episode 116. See you next time.